Okay, I'm going to start recording. Are you ready? Uh, wait, 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 wait. You can do the countdown, and I'll click record when you want me to. Three, two, one. Record. Record. Clap. It, uh, almost. All right. <laughs> On my end, that was like perfect. So. Oh, good. Perfect. Well, your end is, uh, as I always tell Sarah, your end is the only only end that matters to me, Ian. I'm glad that's a, co- a topic of uh, conversation between you and Sarah. You'd be surprised. Hello, and welcome to Interface, your friendly internet Friendly friends. So, Ian, today Internet we're going to be friends. we're going to be talking about the sanctity of resolution as it as it pertains to us, the lowly consumer. And you will note that our friend Andrew is not with us. One might even consider him a neo chase these days in his absence. Neo chase, yeah. Andrew's uh, <laughs> traveling or working or. He's got real he, things going on. He, who knows? He, he could have had a baby. He could have got married. I mean, who knows what's nah, going on at nah. this point? Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll assume he's being lazy. <laughs> that, that's <clears> it. <throat> Andrews, Andrews just didn't want to come. Um, <laughs> no, so you uh, you had posted a link the other day and and opened a little bit of the uh, Pandora box <laughs> about about TV resolutions. And it all started with the, the new Xbox. Is that what it was? That's right. Oh, that's right. We were talking about the the One S. Yeah. Yes. The yep. new Xbox, and I I said, oh look, it's smaller and less noisy. Not that the old Xbox One was particularly noisy, in my opinion. No. Uh, the power brick was a little bit smaller. I said, but otherwise, it's pretty much the same specs, right? You said, well, it does offer this slightly uh, better processor and 4K out, right? Or 4K yep. video out. Yep. And and so that led me to wonder. Is 4K even really worth it for consumers? Like to me right now, 4K seems kind of like a a ploy to just get people to spend extra money on crap they don't need, can't use, sure, likely won't use at least for the next little while. Yeah, I, I believe the term that we that we were going back and forth with was was gimmick right yes i believe i said <laughs> gimmick, to which you argued that gimmick was maybe not the right word choice but but the feeling behind what i was saying i feel like was we agreed upon right we were yeah no i don't pretty... yeah i mean yeah we, we uh i think we found some common ground and so the, the big the big takeaway i think and this is i think this is true of all sort of like anything that's cyclical any of these like new upgrade cycles for product for products right like you could definitely make the argument in the last couple of years like phones feel really similar where my phone from two years ago is a pretty good phone it's nowhere near the upgrade that my phone upgrade from 2012 to 2014 was like my upgrade from 14 to 16 would not be nearly as big in my opinion sure um but yeah so with tv resolution like as related to the xbox so the xbox one comes out it's comparably comparably priced to the existing xbox but yet smaller it has an internal power supply now so there is no brick which is nice okay so it's just a cable Um, wall yeah right and that's what playstation's had and people really like that but caustically that's had heating issues but apparently they've fixed that so not not, hopefully not an issue but yeah it also slightly more power has a slightly more powerful processor but that's not something you advertise because it's supposed to have parity with the old one 
But the most important thing was the 4K out or the thing that they, I think would be like a big bullet for the selling point, right? That you can now watch your 4K content on the Xbox One S. And, you know, naturally your question is like, why would you need to watch 4K content? And like, you know, that's, it's a good question. So there's a couple of things that have to happen to have 4K content. One is you have to have a 4K TV, which yep. I don't, I don't, my feeling is that most people our age don't have a 4K TV because they still command a decent premium. I think it, it depends on where you're looking. I mean, you know, you're, you're a big proponent of the Black Friday deals. Yep. Uh, or like Amazon Prime Day. There was a couple 4K TVs that floated by on there. And occasionally you can find a decent deal on one uh, mm-hmm. where you get a 4K TV for about the same price as a traditional um, brand makes a huge difference here. Yeah. Like if, yep. if you want a premium brand in 4K, they're still ridiculously out or overpriced compared to mm-hmm. what what a, a 1080p, a standard HD resolution right. TV would be. But you can right. get some of the, the cheaper brands, the Westinghouse or the Vizio or something like that for mm-hmm. uh, a more palatable, like a few hundred dollars. Right. Right. And so, you know, and I was... You know, I was talking with my brother-in-law. He's telling me that they got a, you know, I think a, a 4K TV that had it was also a smart TV. And then it's where you and I both go smart <laughs> TV. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I just can't get over the fact that Samsung made a smart TV that they upgraded to include advertisements with. That's amazing. Okay, but um, right. So, and he's, I think it was like 300 bucks. So you're getting in the neighborhood where it's reasonable, but most of us. If you don't already have a decent TV, there's no reason to upgrade. So it's like there's a few things that happen. So you need to have the TV to be able to do it, and then you need to have the content to be able to enjoy it. So the other big problem that we talked about was not only do you have to own a TV, which I don't think – own a 4K TV, which I don't think most of us do. Even if you do own the 4K TV and you have a device that's capable of outputting 4K, so you mm-hmm. get the Xbox One S or a nice new – I presumably new Blu-ray players are 4K out. I don't – or whatever that – Do people buy Blu-ray players? Yeah, but do, I, like, I know well, like yeah. the, the Amazon Fire TV, the new box, yeah, is 4K. Support 4K. Um, there was speculation the Apple TV can support 4K, the new one, but yeah. just, uh, there's a software, software restriction. Sure. Whether that's actually true or not, 4K is coming to the Apple TV at some point, uh, right. almost certainly. I assume yeah. Roku and some presumably of the, all of these all these streaming sticks, because that's really what it comes down to. Streaming yeah. is where I think everything is moving content wise. Yeah. So it's going to be your streaming streaming devices that are going to do 4K. Right. So if the con- that's that's the question we're talking about. It's like, where's the content for 4K? Um, so if you have uh, – how it used to be was if you have um, – if you had a traditional DVD and you bought a Blu-ray player, I remember that it would up-res content. So you could um, put in a DVD and you're like – some Blu-ray players had some software that was doing up-resing. And mm-hmm. you would it would look like a better than DVD, but not as good as a native Blu-ray. My assumption is that <clears throat> something similar will happen with 4K content because I don't I, I don't know what it's called. Like, I, is it, if there's a different medium for sale, I'm like I'm that ignorant about it. Is it like Super Blu-ray, Super HD, whatever that? If it needs to be sold to something different, um, otherwise it's streaming, right? That and that's I think you hit the nail on the head because you actually that's where a lot of us are watching our content. And I know that Netflix offers some 4K content, like some of their stuff is available, but. Like even if you do have it, my like my broadband is not really 4K ready. I don't think the compression is that good. Like I'm, I'm happy to be able to hold a regular HD stream, which I'm pretty sure is coming in at 720. So, um, yeah, the the content is definitely not available. And then on the bigger picture for streaming, I don't think our infrastructure's there to support 4K. Like for if like if you imagine that everybody just knocked up, if everybody. Uh, <laughs> That's a different problem. Um, it's in the water. So if you took everybody who's streaming HD 
<laughs> HD content and you up-res everybody to 4K, like I'm not sure that our infrastructure is ready for that or our data caps are ready for that for people who already come dangerously close to the like 250 gig caps with Mediacom in our area. Sure. So, And for me, Comcast just upped the local data cap uh, for the Chicago area to uh, one terabyte. Oh. And not streaming any 4K content. We are using about half of that. Well, Wow. When, when CJ's brother was living with us, uh, we were sure. using about half of that every month. We were in the 440 to 490 range. Yeah. And that's with him playing League of Legends. And then for us, watching Hulu, Netflix, for any streaming content, just yeah. in standard HD. And then doing whatever normal internet browsing and stuff that we and, do. And, and games really aren't and that 4K, bad. You're, it's 4K, right? Well, yeah. and, right. It's, it's the 4K stuff. And I know uh, League of Legends did use a decent bit of it for him. And you have sure. things like, I want to download um, Battlefront onto the Xbox. Yeah, right. Like 50 gig patches. A 50 yeah. gig download. Like you, yeah. you can move through data pretty fast at that at yep. that rate. But to assume that a 4K movie is theoretically twice the size or more. Yeah, 20 like gig instead of 10 or something. for Physical storage size than yeah. a standard HD movie, you're now going to chew through your data twice as fast. It's the same reason that your your cell carriers, stuff like that, um, downscale Netflix on your phone when you're watching on a cell network. Like T-Mobile yep. does that. They, they Everything is at 480 by 720 or whatever. Um, right. Because... But on a phone, it looks fine. It looks fine on a phone because it's a small screen. Um, yeah. And they're doing it to be conscious of their network. Yeah, that's smart. Plus, they offer like free streaming... Yeah, data or something. So yeah. they want to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, right. So then, so so even if you have the content, like maybe our infrastructure is not good, or our infrastructure is like probably not up to par for everybody to be doing that. Right. There's just a lot of pieces in place, and so this gets back to the original. Like, is is 4K sort of a gimmick? Is it a sales ploy? And and so like our point of differentiation was though that um, I mean I think we obviously we have some our common agreement at the end that it's not quite ready. But the main difference that we are sort of going back and forth with was that you're saying no one really needs it. It's so it's kind of gimmicky, right? I'm not I mean, saying no one needs it. I mean, if or, if you had asked somebody 20 years ago, do you need HD TVs? Is is this not good enough? I I think most average consumers would be like, well, sure, I'd love more, but I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Like it's all it needs like, is really relative. Like yeah, at no. this point, like I can sit down and I can watch a a football game. I was watching the the, the Falcons play last night, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Watching a football game, and that's broadcast over an antenna to my house, and I can see expressions on people's faces in decent detail that are in the crowd in the background. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't feel like there's a lack of clarity in the things I'm watching. So, is right. it really necessary that we uh, effectively quadruple that? Right, 4K would be a quadrupling of. Right improvement in quality do i really need that level yeah of a a quality increase like at, at, at some point in there the distance we're watching these screens at is you're effectively not gaining anything my guess is you could go 2k and it might be better but that, yeah. but i think mathematically the way these screens work they need to go to the four to really be effective yeah, I think so. We, and 
when you talk about upgrading your resolution, we're really talking about a gain that has diminishing returns, right? Because moving from like whatever standard television was for years was 480 Six. by 320 or 320 by 480 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or 640 um, by 480. So 640 more. by 480. I think it was the lower one. It's whatever by 320 is like there was regular TV for years. Regular years square. Years. Yep. Standard def. Yeah. And then um, you got into, finally, we got into like DVDs were 480 or, our, you know, that was like better. And then you could up-res them to 720 and that looked really good. And then we get into Blu-ray, like, you know, 720, then 1080 native. And the, but the jump from each one from, from level to level has been small, smaller and smaller, right? So you're, like you said, you know, your incentive improvements, one. right? Yeah. Yeah. Your perceived gain is smaller and smaller. And, you know, and you made the comment like, well, I'm not in Best Buy looking at them side by side because that is where you see it, right? Like if you do right. side by side, you can tell. Um, but I mean, this isn't like in high school, I had two desktops and my TV with an Xbox in my bedroom. And so we had, um, I remember at one point, and this is this is a point of pride. I had the original Matrix on DVD on my Xbox playing to regulate like through the RCA inputs on the TV. But then I had Reloaded and Revolutions on the other two computers, and you could like we sat back as a like a for fun exercise, watched all three at the same time, right? But like the computer one looked way better, even though the monitor was smaller than my TV. It's because it was running at a higher resolution, but that's only because of the side by side effect. Sure. Um, also, anyhow, just a, a quick aside about that. Be very skeptical when you go into a store like Best Buy. I have heard more than once from multiple people that a cheaper TV, they will actually tweak the settings to make it look not as good as an upsale oh, really? ta- t- tactic. So just yeah. really take that into consideration when you're doing these side-by-side things. That if one of them looks much crisper or much more vivid than the others, mm-hmm. it's possible one of them is actually just tweaked down a little bit. Oh, that's impressive. It doesn't surprise me either, right? Because, like, you can look at the Vizio versus Sony stuff, and it's literally the same stuff, right? The, right? the, the actual this, the panel itself could be identical. Yeah. 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 Um, so where I was coming back, though, where 4K could be worth it, and, I mean, this is just coming from someone who's had friends who have been, like, have been serious enthusiasts for tech, and they sort of want the biggest, you know, the most latest and greatest different pieces. And so they're the guys that buy the $500 video cards and, you know, they, um, you know, they're shelling out the larger dollars for like the new processors when the new, like, you know, when Skylight came out, they'll get the top I seven or whatever. But, um, with TV, you know, you need, you actually need the monitor to support that. And so they had 4k monitors years ago on their computers. And so now like, I believe 8k or whatever, whatever the next one is, like I saw something where that's going to be pushed for like the 2020 Olympics. Like there's some like marketing deal that I read about anyway. Oh, that was my broken link. That's what it was, Ian. Oh. So, sorry, I tried to share it and I failed. But um, those guys are the ones who have that they have the equipment and the hardware to support it, but they don't necessarily have the content. And so the argument that I I think has a little more has slightly longer legs and like works better than just you need a 4K TV to watch you know to watch Netflix is that if you're playing video games, those games if you're there for a console specifically that's made to support 4K out the games that are going to come out for it actually will support 4k because that's part of the platform that they're designed for right there within that platform. They're sure. like within the walled garden. So they have those restrictions and um, different things that they can play with because they know people have the option. So if you're playing video games and you've got a 4k ready Xbox or a PlayStation or whatever, like when the new PlayStation comes out, um, those games will look really good. And if you have the TV, I think it becomes worth it because you know that you have a steady stream of content that will be coming in. If you already have the, if you already got the monitor for it, 
then you can you know you can look to enjoy the 4K content. But if it's like for the average person, I think you're right. I don't think the average person is ready for it. Sure, and I just uh, I just pulled up a, a list here. Uh, this is from 4K.com, and uh, it's it's content excluding games that's available in 4K. And this was updated about uh, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and there are four streaming, top four streaming devices, the Xbox One S, the NVIDIA Shield, the Amazon Fire TV with 4K, and the Roku 4 with 4K. And they have a list of, of content available on different providers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon Prime has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, The fact 12, that you can count them is 13, scary. <laughs> 13 things listed here, and it says about 33 additional titles uh, in the movies the category no, that, that are oh, that are available on it. Um, Netflix, uh, the list is uh, three documentaries, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Jerry Maguire, Philadelphia. Jerry Maguire, S- Philadelphia. Smurfs 2, and then Breaking Bad, The Blacklist, Marco Polo, and House of Cards. Wow. And you pay so, an additional $3 a month to get that's, that, that, that content, that yeah, content. access to that stream. Yeah, so, I forgot about the upcharge. So when you when you really break it down, like you said, it's until there is... It's all a matter of everything has to fall into place for this all to work. Like, yeah, platform have, infrastructure, right, infrastructure have to, content. Right, you, have yeah. to, you have to have the network to support the 4K video. You have to have yeah. the TV to support the 4K video. The, the upshot is that a TV that has 4K that is a smart TV, in theory, could handle the 4K video. So you yeah. wouldn't need a connected device to do it. Sure. So maybe consider that a win. Although I I would bet you <laughs> I I'd be willing to bet someone money that their Netflix that the native Netflix app for Sony's new 4K TV has some problem somewhere and doesn't I, work. I'm sure there's <laughs> multiples of them. Uh, so yeah. it's 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 much more likely that that you're going to have some connected device. So now you start looking at the cost of entry and all mm-hmm. of the pieces you need in place. By the time you get there, you're at you know maybe. $150, a month for your internet to support the bandwidth and everything you need for the, to stream the content. Yeah, and then it's $1,500, $2,000, $3,000 more to get the TV and the, the setup to play all that content. That's not, that doesn't just doesn't feel worth it. And so, no. so the thing I kept saying was, is this like 3d TV because 3d okay. TV. And so this is, this is kind of a tangent here. This is like 3d <laughs> TV where, the promise was, oh, you get this 3D TV and there's going to be all this great content that works on this thing. And and then that never came <laughs> to fruition. So people people dropped $700, $800 extra yeah, yeah. on their TVs, got these dorky glasses, bought bonus pairs of these dorky glasses. and mm-hmm. Batteries, the content itself is more expensive. And then yeah. they ended up with two cartoons and a, di- a documentary. And they were like, well... Eventually, the rest of that content's coming, right? This was worth it, right? <laughs> yeah. So i I think that 3D TV falls in the gimmick category. That I absolutely do believe. So the fundamental difference that I was making between 3D TV and and just an increase in resolution is that there's actual gain to be made with an increased resolution. Yes. Whether or not it's worth it today is definitely a good question to ask yourself financially, right? Like, I like for me personally, I don't think we're gonna get for we won't buy some 4K content probably until we're down to like the hundred, two hundred dollar for like the off brand piece of crap four K TV, but looks you know, dumb TV, but it looks fine, you know, for our purposes. That's sure. when we'll probably enter that race. Plus hopefully the content will be better and infrastructure is better by that time. 
But 3D, 3D is a gimmick because it promised you something that it didn't deliver. It promised a better experience. And while like one small facet of it may have been improved if you really like stereo and viewing, like if, if you, you know, get a kick out of depth perception and you like that type of effect or whatever, it could be worth it in that one way. But your experience is worse in many other ways. So what you just said, having to buy the headsets, having to replace the batteries for the headsets, having to wear glasses on your couch to watch TV. Like there's, there's a lot to be said for the limitations and restrictions that 3d placed on 3d TV placed on you. And there's, it's obvious why it never took off, let alone the premium price that the actual, um, hardware Hardware commanded. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's a problem. I think that 3d, I think that we'll see a time where 3D is more like the 3DS and it will be improved even on that where it's a non-glasses 3D, right? So you can do stereo viewing without extra hardware. Because having the fact that you have to put some type of apparatus on your face at all is a huge restriction and no one really wants to do that. VR. And I think – so I think where people are willing to make that exception is when you have – the experience outweighs the you know the limitations, right? So VR itself, if you find the right app – can be totally worth it to wear the headset, yes, I know. but not for a total trash viewing experience. Right. But you, well, well you know what? I, okay. I want to talk about VR. Let's, let's take a quick break. And then I, I'll come back with what I think VR content, why that could be not gimmicky. Maybe baby. That doesn't make sense. Hey everybody. This is Chase. Just want to take a quick second to say thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the three of us knuckleheads talk about different tech topics. Hopefully, hopefully, you find it interesting enough that you'll stick around and listen to some more. And we'd love to hear what you'd like to talk about. So you can send us a tweet at underscore interface FM or talk in one of our weekly Reddit threads at our interface podcast. And I'm told if you leave us a review or rating on iTunes, that also greatly helps our visibility. But regardless, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. All right. See you later. So... VR headsets are uh, not 1080. Uh, they're they're they not even 720. If, as far the, the consumer level ones that are out right now, correct me if I'm wrong, are like 600. No, so it okay. So it depends on which one you're looking at. Um, the DK one, which came out a few years ago, that was the Dev Kit one. That's the first version of the Rift. That was a 640 by 480. Okay. The 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 retail version of the Rift, the one that just came out recently, uh, late March or whenever, um, that that is 1080, but it's not like it's not 16 by nine. It's their vertical tiles, sure. so it's whatever 1080 by something else, um, you know, slightly wider, I think. And then there, so anyway, I'm gonna, here. I can look it, but yeah, okay, max uh, 2160 by 1200. There you go. So that's the resolution, but that's both eyes. So it's okay. 1080, oh, 1080 by tw- 1080 by 12 per eye. Okay. At 90 hertz, right? So, um, and then the other thing that this isn't listening is they also have a they have a viewing angle of slightly more than 90 degrees because 90 degrees was always the standard. So, you, you know, if you centered it on your face and it was 45 out for each mm-hmm. eye, um, it doesn't help. With, I'm, showing my hands doesn't help anybody listening. But if you imagine a line going straight out of your face, 45 degrees in either angle, right? That's 90 degree viewing angle. Um, it's I think the rift is like 105 or something like that, and that's getting better. But that is actually a decent resolution, and if you wear the the new um, consumer VR headsets like the Vive or the Rift, it, the resolution looks really good. Like it's it it feels um, it feels really similar to just you know playing a video game in 1080 or whatever, right? Like sure, it's comparable in that. Oh, way. Not 4K. 
Not 4K, not that. Although I don't think it'll be long because those, like you know, we've got the screens and that hardware keeps dropping in price. Sure. Um, and, and actually, and, and higher think- resolution screens, I feel like, are come at much less of a premium when they are smaller. Yes, because yeah. I, I don't know how that's possible because typically miniaturization brings your price tag up, but for whatever reason, like cell phone screens can keep getting higher and higher resolutions and the price point doesn't really change on them. So it is good to know that the, uh, the screens are a decent resolution on the, the VR headsets, I guess. They, and they look good. Yeah, they, they absolutely look good. Um, like even, even the HoloLens looking through that, although that's not VR, but like the 3d models that that presents look really sharp, like throwing Netflix on the wall or whatever. I mean, haven't I've done Netflix, but seeing a video play on the wall, you could imagine that Netflix would be great or whatever. Sure. Like that would be something you do. Also, like the Samsung Gear VR headset, which uses the S7 or the whatever the Note is, the Note yep, 7 Note or 7. whatever. Yeah, um, I think it's for six, but whatever that Samsung's version of VR that you slide into their headset. I did that with an S7, and I did the Netflix app, which is just you sitting like in a big like on a couch in a living room with a massive screen in front of you. Like it looks like it's a, you know, thousand inch screen or whatever, like a sure. movie theater screen. Um, that was actually impressive. Like the screen resolution on the S7 is impressive enough. So I think that 4k actually might be a better sell for a small screen because you, you can tell that like the difference that that type of resolution bump goes when it's an inch away from your eyes is more noticeable than when it's like you said, in your yes. living room is 10 feet from you. Yeah. And that, that has a lot to do with, like you said, the your your focal length on it. You're you're right. focusing super close, so you're going to notice and be able to discern where those those lines are, where those pixels are, yeah. potentially. And yeah. so the the higher that pixel density is, the less you can notice it. Which is that was the whole marketing behind like Retina screens and yes, uh, high yep. pixel no or high density pixels. screens stuff like that was that at an arm's length you could no longer discern where the the pixels separated and then right. when like the retina screen came to the mac and the ipads that the pixel density could continue to be lower and lower because mm-hmm. it's further still- further from your face so you're not right. seeing where those pixels are but like you said when it's an inch away from your eye all of a sudden the the resolution has to really get cranked up and the the density has to get cranked way up yeah, the early HMDs, like the DK1 and 2, people, they suffered from this, like the screen door effect is what it was called, but it was the fact that you could get sucked out of reality just by like, oh crap, I see the lines everywhere. Like it could totally, you could defocus. I mean, you could also blur it and not and not worry about it either, but if you did notice it, it, was, it could be pretty uh, drastic when, to pull you back sure. out. It's almost jarring. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it could be for sure. Um, like, you know, literally someone being like, oh, by the way, this, your world's fake, right? Um <clears throat> So where 3D TV failed, though, is that I think it had a lot of – it had too much baggage for too little improvement. And then it also introduced other problems that, I like, they just didn't – they weren't offset. Like, people getting headaches. Like, I just don't like watching 3D content. Like, I'm not a big fan of it on a, with the glasses or whatever. I, I'm in the same way. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, in the theater, like, I will opt for the 2D traditional movie every time. Like, to watch a movie in stereo, I've never seen a movie that was better in stereo. Uh, honey, I shrunk the audience. Was pretty good in 3D. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's from. Uh, it's one of the Disney uh, was a- it- attractions. Oh, it's, but it's, that's like oh, that's an attraction. Right. That's not the it, same. But it's, as it. it's it's a it's one of those. It's actually one of those 4D things. Where, oh yeah. Where you yeah. have the 3D effect and like yep. the dog sneezes and they splash it with water. Or the seat oh, rumbles yeah. and all of. We've talked about yeah. this stuff before. And yeah. So and they have the Bugs Life at Disney World. Does the same thing. Right. So yeah. I, and who knows? Honey, I drink the audience may not even be there anymore. But I know it was there at one point, and it was <laughs> yeah. it was a 3D experience that was actually pretty good. 
okay, yeah, that type of thing that's built for 3D, that's a little bit different, right? Like, and I'll, I'll do those because it's a 15-minute, like, sort of short exposure exactly. Exactly. fun thing, right? But, like, just going back and retrofitting, you know, The Hobbit with 3D does not make me like that movie more. And I love the book, so that's a shame that we're not even going to go into. But, you know, the fact that you can go back and just, you know, click on put 3D on for whatever your movie is, it doesn't make the movie better. But yeah. – but VR, so I think the point of differentiation between 3D TVs and the, even 4K or whatever, like those are just sort of like here's a surface that you can watch this thing on. And so all of our experiences are tied to that. But if you're talking about VR and like actual true immersive VR where you put the headset on and you have speakers and everything or have your headset on, um, that offers you the ability to partake in applications that just aren't available anywhere else. So like if – and I'll give this example. So I loaded up a game called Alt Space using the new Oculus Rift, and I was just using the regular um, Xbox controller that comes with it. So I, that's essentially like the minimum spec to be in VR these days is to sure. have a headset with a game controller. Where like if you have the, the HTC Vive, you've got the two wands in each hand, and that can do hand tracking. Or there's another thing called the Leap Motion, which is quite popular because it's pretty cheap, and you can either excuse me, you can either um, like you know tape or glue or whatever that to the front of your headset, and so then that can recognize depth, so you can put your hands out and it can see your hands. Or you can lay it on your desktop and have like a hey, watch me move my hands back and forth over this thing and do different object manipulation. And you can tell when people have those in VR because of the way that their um, that their inputs are being shown. So people like you can tell if somebody's a Leap Motion user, you can. Have somebody has a rift or if somebody has a vibe with the handsets so i went to alt space and i like and without my glasses because my glasses are hard to get on under it although they do fit but it was i was doing it for a quick demo i'm like here let's just load this up quick and i click the first box not seeing what it was and i walk up to this door and there's a like a character model in there or whatever i'm like okay so it's got a guy and you can like walk around it must be like you can do configurations and blah blah and the guy's like hey how's it going like, oh good he goes Ah, it looks like, you know, is this your first time in here? And it looks like you're using a Rift. I'm like, you're human. Oh, my. <laughs> it was actually a dude. And what I didn't realize was that this guy was actually, his position was actually uh, as set as doorman for alt space. And so they have a full-time employee who just hangs out in the, like, getting ready area. And so as you oh, load okay. in, he'll help you configure your stuff. And I was like, that's wild. There's just a dude here who helps people, and he can, like, tell you what your configurations are. He's like, oh, and I see you're turning weird. Actually, if you hold the right trigger and then you turn, it'll allow you to, like, turn as opposed to using your bumpers to do, like, quarter turns. And anyway, so that was a bizarre, like, really cool interaction. And then other people came in, and I was a robot. And, like, I saw myself in the mirror, and you do the whole, like, hey, I'm a robot. And then... Other people are like walking in and they've got they've got like leap motions and vibes and they're moving objects and stuff or whatever. And so then I've heard like our friend Colin, he's talked about playing alt space like where the Vive people who are fewer and far between because it's more expensive. Um, if you have a Vive, they you can like manipulate the objects a lot easier. So like all the Rift owners or regular headset people will be watching the Vive people playing like this weird stacking game where they're all stacking on top of each other, or, like doing bizarre things where they try to fall through the floor. And I don't know, like that type of thing, that type of thing is like it feels like the new Second Life. A little bit like where Second Life sort of had this like, hey, we're all in this space together or like PlayStation Home. Like we can just like walk around and talk and it's cool. But being fully immersed in it offers a, a different experience. Sure. And so that feels less – it feels a little gimmicky. It feels a little gimmicky, right? But Call it's less gimmicky because – but- A little bit. But it it feels like you can you're finally getting the first taste of something that could be something more. Sure. That's, that's what I walk away with it from. And it's so like – It's the first – real application where and this is kind of that that weird like these two things run in parallel it's the first time where 3d and viewing in stereo makes sense 
mm-hmm. and actually offers a benefit over standard right. viewing because right. in a VR space, you need to see everything in a three-dimensional perspective because that's what makes it immersive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, I mean, what you just said is the definition between a video game and this experience because I wouldn't call this a video game. Sure. Like, it's, it's more of a social experience. It's like, it'd be something that I would like to do with you where we could record the show together in alt space, right? So it'd feel like we're like sitting next to each other or whatever. It's, anyway. it's super interesting because I've, I've actually heard um, a, a podcast I listened to. Actually, this one. Um, what, what's this one? <laughs> uh, uh, Cortex. That's uh, a real. Oh, that's right. Show. That's right. Um, uh, they discussed going to Facebook's headquarters mm-hmm. and trying alt space and how different that experience was from their initial impressions of what VR was. And oh yeah. The, the, the experience of alt space actually makes it feel like this is not a video game. This is an experience. This is yeah. a thing that, that actually makes sense as a, a tool, a function, a future product. That's cool. Yeah. On, on Idle Thumbs, uh, Sean Vanneman and Jake Rudkin were talking about they did an interview show in VR. And the area where they were seated, like the talk show area or whatever in VR where they were seated, was part, like transported at one point to inside the tower of the video game that they made. So they were just like hanging out in the, in the watchtower from Firewatch doing this huh. interview. And they said it was like a bizarre but cool experience. Anyway. Sounds super fun. Yeah, so I, so I think that you're like, yeah, I, it sounds like we're saying that the experiences are different from games, and when you start to have these experiences that sort of transcend into the next, into a, a medium that's different from TV, because no one wants to look around at other avatars on your regular TV with a, you know, with a game, with a video controller. That's just a bad video game. But where you can actually naturally look around and talk and enjoy each other's company, right? something a little different. So although a little gimmicky, I think it's got potential. You can find the uh, small... But wonderful show notes for this week's episode <laughs> at interface.fm slash 21. You can give us your feedback. Tell us about why 4K is right or wrong at our <laughs> interface podcast over on Reddit. You can tweet us, follow the show, whatever, at underscore interface FM. And uh, like our page on Facebook. Search interface podcast. Click the mouse cursor. Thanks to our listeners and subscribers for tuning in. And we'll be back next Monday and every Monday. Like clockwork, it's my job now, Lil' you can't take it back. So somebody left us a review on iTunes. A real one? A real one. Somebody I don't oh. know. <laughs> the, uh, the head, a five-star review... It says, Educational and Fun by KDOT. Strikes the perfect balance between light discussion and deep tech dives. Wow. That was nice. So, to whoever KDOT is. Thanks. Thank thanks, you. Wait, yeah. Thanks, KDOT. Feel free to uh, write to us at, is it hi at interface.fm? Hello. Hello, Hello at, at interface.fm. Interface. Hello at interface.fm. Or Reddit. Or whatever. We have too many things. All the things. Pick one. All, Pick all of them. All the Instagram, apparently. We have an Instagram. You could even talk about one of the Instagram pillars with us. <laughs> <laughs> what were they? Bacon, bodybuilding, food, and... Food, uh, weightlifting, cars, and... It's gone now. What are the Makeup. F- what are the four pillars of Instagram?
Right now, make them up, CJ. <laughs> Just make them up. It doesn't matter. What are the four things you always say? It's- has to be four. It's artificially bucketed. Food, weightlifting, and or fitness. Face, faces and boobs. Okay. Okay. So it's like vanity shots or something. What? Animals. Animals. Oh, animals. Okay. So it's food, fitness, vanity, animals. There you go. <laughs> it changes every week. It doesn't matter. <laughs>